Well, beautiful. Happy Thursday to all the wonderful people that are joining us today uh, from the community and from those that are connected with Matthew. I'm just very excited to have these conversations. Just a reminder to people that are tuning in, if you are tuning into this afterwards and seeing this, you can join the conversations. That is why we are here. This is a community of conversations. And we just try to bring on guests that can provide some kind of story, some validation, or even just struggles and obstacles in ways that they're overcoming it, because that's how we get through things together. And that's why we want to do this as a community. And you are welcome to come with cameras on, cameras off. You can talk, you can chat, you can just listen. That's part of the fun of this. So I appreciate everybody that is here and committed to be here each week. And of course, we've got an amazing set of community members. Matthew, one of the things we like to do before we get started is we have everybody that's here and committed to you introduce themselves if they're, if they're on and they're willing. So I'm going to go around and introduce everybody, and then we're going to get to uh, the man of the hour. Um, my name is Adam Griggs. I'm your moderator. I have a company called Clarify, and I just absolutely love this community, and I love all of the amazing stories and conversations that we get to share. I'm so thankful for that. And I'm going to turn it over to Emma. Hey, I'm Emma Lawrence, uh, and I founded Life is Coaching You, which is for coaching for life transitions, and I specialize in millennial burnout, helping people get from that crispy state to uh, reconnecting with what they really love to do and developing their life's work. Love it. Thanks for being here, Emma. We really appreciate you. Absolutely. Patty. Yeah. Emma, I absolutely love that. We're going to have to have a conversation with you about that. So my name is Patty Farmer, and I'm all about marketing, media, and money. Um, and I do that via my podcast, my events, my magazine, and my clients, of course. And, um, and so I love that. And I'm all about helping you to make your marketing profitable, not painful. And one last thing I just want to say, because I don't want to get off and forget, this group is so amazing that I'm just giving you guys the sneak peek that when you guys had Adam Rosen on, you know, a month or so ago when he was on, he was so amazing. I put him on my podcast, which is going to come out next week. And he wrote an article for my magazine and my next issue that comes out next month. He's actually going to be the cover. The second time we've had a man on the cover. So he's going to be on the cover of the magazine. And I didn't even know him before this group. So that's how great that is. So thank you guys so that's much. Great. How fabulous. Thank you for sharing that with us. That is so, so, so exciting. It's because we, we know the connections are real, but to be able to really, really work together and champion each other like that is fabulous. That's so exciting. I love it. I, I love hearing things that, that come out of this community in this conversation because that just makes us more excited to do these, right? And Patty, we are so glad that you're back joining us today. I know that uh, there's been some in and outs with business and that's what it's all about, right? Arriving when you can and being present when you can and recapping and taking it in. And I'm so glad that that worked out and you guys connected. Uh, Michelle, do you want to introduce yourself? And thanks for being here. Michelle's with AGM Financial and she helps people figure everything out, whether it's uptowns, down, downtimes, inflation or whatever. So uh, yeah. Michelle, you're awesome. Thanks for being part of this community and, and lending us your voice quite often. I'm going to turn it over to Rachel for now with the GoDaddy team and then we'll have Jonathan and Elena. Hey, good morning. Good afternoon, everybody. Rachel McCool from GoDaddy. I manage some community programs and events and of course, this wonderful group of people. So just always thrilled to, to kick off my day because it's 9, 10 for me in the morning with such energy and enthusiasm and just really good people. So thank you so much for being here. And Matthew, really interested in, in the topic, which you're going to talk, talk to us about. So 
Thanks, Rachel. Hey, you're Jonathan. Uh, it doesn't matter. Okay, I'll go. <laughs> um, hi, I'm Elena. Um, I've met most of you, but I'm excited to get to know you, Matthew. Um, I am on Rachel's team on community engagement. We focus on hosting virtual events and helping you guys connect here in our LinkedIn group and in these meetups. And yeah, I'm excited to be here today. Wonderful. Thank you, Jonathan. And hi, my name is Jonathan. I am also part of the GoDaddy team. I work on the social media side of things. So I handle a lot of our engagement um, strategy, how we navigate crisis scenarios, how we show up during events. Um, and I also had, we just got, we had some really fun news this morning that we have, um, I wrote a children's book recently for my pug, who we went viral on TikTok. We had a children's book, Noodle and the No Bones Day. And I don't know if I ever shared this here, but we debuted at number one in the New York Times bestseller list. Um, a few weeks ago, and we have hit four weeks on the bestseller list, um, which I am so encouraged by the support from this community and from just people around us that I just didn't think any of this was. New York Times bestselling children's author Jonathan Graziano was never on the bingo card, so I'm very, very grateful to be there right now and to know so many people love this book, and I do. It's This is a very grounding time for me to be able to, to sit down and, and just you know know what to expect every Thursday at this time, so I'm very grateful for you all, and, and Matthew, we are so excited to have you with us today. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Jonathan, and congrats. Congrats, kudos, just amazing stuff. Um, I, I love this community. There's so much diversity and so many different walks of life, different perspectives, different everything going on, right? We have business owners, we have advisors, we have people that are here to support. And again, thank you to the GoDaddy team for being part of this community and making this a safe space for us to have conversations of context and just allowing the community to be part of that conversation. Matthew, let's uh, let's get an introduction, my friend. You know, Matthew is somebody I've been following for a little while now, and just the content he spits out all the time is amazing. So I'm excited for him to share a little bit about his backstory and how he got started. Matthew, why don't you give us, give us an introduction? Sure. Awesome. Nice to meet you all. Uh, really nice to get those introductions too, to understand who you all are and, and what, what you're up to. It sounds like you're all making impact in the world and having fun doing it, which is uh, amazing. What, what more can we really do in life, right? Besides that. So that was awesome. Um, so my background is this is our company is uh, Automation Wolf and we help busy uh, B2B founders create all of their snackable content in an hour and a half each month because um, the real obstacle is really time, not necessarily what to do or how to do it. And so we just found an easier way for them to do it so they can focus on the things that are more important in their business um, you know, without necessarily dropping the ball. So a lot of times, like anything, when it comes to snackable content or social media, it's not always necessarily about publishing the most amazing stuff. It's really about being consistent. And so I always tell people, you know, B plus content that is A plus consistent outperforms A plus content that is inconsistent. And I think we all can relate to that in our lives and about anything that we do. It's really about showing up on a regular basis is what drives the results. And as long as you're trending in the right direction, you're probably going to get where you want to go. Maybe not in the timeline you expected, but that's okay. We will get there if we keep going. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. And, and I love the way that you use snackable, right? That's one of the things that we want to have is bite-sized comments and, and, and creativity when we're putting stuff out into the world. Um, but more than that, the consistency. And being a business owner is such a hard thing, right? We wear the hats for everything from sales and marketing to bill collector to service. And, and a lot of us are wearing the HR hat these days, right? Because that's the stress. And, and we still want to build this business 
but we've got to do it by being present in so many different walks of light. One of them that's very, very intimidating for some of us is social media. I mean, honestly, to be consistent on social media and not come across as somebody that's just putting a placeholder up or just being you know, vague or diluted or even shallow in the way that we post, that's a very difficult thing. And Matthew, forgive me if I'm wrong, but not all of us are, are wanting to be on camera every day like you, right? So I think it's cool what you do in, in the voice you're bringing to this community. I would love to hear more about why you do what you do first, right? Why, why do you have a passion for helping small business owners figure out how to do this? And then we can talk about the process. Yeah, so, so I sort of, the, the service started because of a need of my own and, and also like pain in my own life. So this is my third business growing. And, and so there's a, there's a bunch of challenges that happen for small business owners, um, particularly the ones we work with um, a, a lot. And, and that is, that is this, there's, there's a few things that are going on. I, I believe in small businesses and business owners in general. I think that if you want to solve the world's problems, just give it to an entrepreneur or business owner, and they will go out and solve that problem. They're always up for the task. And these individuals usually trade their 40 hour working week for an 80 hour working week to make less more times than not. And they're the responsibility of a lot of people they work um, that work for them. It's not just their mortgage, it's everybody else's. But I'm in love with that community. I'm, I'm also particularly in love with the B2B niche because I've lived there for 15 years. So I know it really, really, really well. And I, and because of that, we mostly focus on LinkedIn. So most of the things I'll talk about is like what works on LinkedIn, but it's pretty universal. Some things that I notice with small business owners that they're, they're struggling with is time, like they said, and the other obstacle is also, you know, people. <laughs> and so people, I, I love people and I love my people, but people are, are difficult. I know, you know, uh, Biggie used to say more mo money, more problems, but I would say it's actually more people more problems, right? More, more processes, more problems. And so if it's not your core competency of something that you're planning on doing as like a service that you're going to be an expert on, it's always best to outsource it to an expert who's already got it locked down because you don't need to manage more people and you don't need to have more to-dos and you don't need to come up and create more processes. And even if it is your core competency of something you do, a lot of times getting it in the hands of someone else to be accountable for it is the key to success. So I don't know if you're like me, but I had in my second agency, I lost two years of growth because we are a marketing agency and I refused to outsource our marketing to another marketing agency. One was out of like shame. I'm like, hey, we should be able to do this ourselves. Two, I felt that, you know, I had a bit of an ego and a chip on my shoulder. I didn't think anybody could do it as well as we could. Well, fast forward two years later, you know, clients get in the way because they're the number one priority. Your team gets in the way because they're also your number one priority. They never get around to taking care of your own business, keeping house on your own stuff. This is called the old cobbler's kids goes with no shoe syndrome. I'm sure you can all relate to this. Well, eventually, you know, I bit the bullet and I said, fine, we're going to outsource our marketing to a, or a marketing agency to another marketing agency begrudgingly. And I hated every single minute of it. And it was not done as well as I thought it could be done. But at the end of the day, it was done. And even if it was only done to 50% of what I thought it could get done. The reality is 50% of done versus not done is a lot better. So sometimes we have to get over our own egos and, and our own obstacles really just ourselves in the way of becoming the bottleneck. And sometimes giving it to someone else is that. And so what I discovered is even when I'm working with people, the reason why our stuff works so well 
is because we have them held accountable to co-create some content with us within one hour. And that co-creation is more than just actually creating content. What we actually have discovered is that we're helping people become more effective communicators because that's really what content is about. It's about communicating your message, your mission, your vision, everything else that you, that you, that's important to you in your business. And it's a way of also multiplying yourself without actually taking up more of your time or having to pay others to do it. But what it's about is they come in a lot of times because they have this idea that they want more leads or want more demand, or maybe they want to leave legacy. They're at this point, they're ready to create content but they realize that why they stay is because it's making them and forcing them to become a more effective communicator. And anytime we become a more effective communicator in our lives, everything tends to get better. Your relationships get better. (laughs) Your business gets better. You're able to help your clients better. You're able to help your team better. You're able to do all of these other things. And another side benefit that ends up happening when they're forced to do this and be held accountable with a coach to co-create this content is they end up actually spending more time without it taking up their time with their team and their clients. And a lot of side benefits come from this because we are usually not spending enough time with your existing clients already. You're not spending enough time with your team. Even if you feel like you are, you're, you're not. And so by creating this content and putting it out in the wild and the right frameworks in the right places, you actually get to touch more people and stay in touch with them and stay top of mind. And they get to hear you more and it makes really big impact. And it creates what I call continuity in the business. Not only does it create continuity externally, which is what most people are thinking about, more importantly, it creates continuity internally. And these are all the real reasons why you need to be doing it and why you need to have someone hold you accountable to spend that one hour doing that every single month. And then you need to find someone who can take care of all the tedious stuff that you really don't need to be doing every single month. (laughs) That's not really adding a lot of like, it's, it's not a good use of your time probably so that you can go and focus on the other things that are the big pieces that move the bit, the business forward at the end of the day, or creates more impact for other people that you're trying to help. Yeah, I, I, I got to tell you, um, I appreciate you sharing your perspective and the, and the reasons why you do what you do, right? Because it all ripples out and it affects so many different positions and perspectives in business. And, and you can see as you're, as you're talking right now, there are people on this call that are just nodding and taking notes because you're, you're literally speaking to the passion and the reason why you do what you do. And that's one of the reasons why we want to share that. We want to give some perspective because people buy into you and the reasons you do what you do before they'll ever look at the product. You want to talk about solution before you talk about product. And that's one of the reasons why we have these community meetups so that people can start to understand and engage and decide whether or not there's a moment for them to really dial in on this, or if they're just allowing themselves to be overwhelmed by fear that, you know, this, this immense obstacle that doesn't really exist in front of them. Right. And then knowing that you, somebody who's in the automation game, that that really helps people put out content started by going to somebody else to help you do it. That's, that's awesome because you've been down the exact same path. You've been through that, that field of minds, right? And now you know how to get through it without doing things that are destructive or complacent. And I love that what you're doing is creating an environment of communication. Communication for you, for, your, for, for the business owners, for their team, right? In, in their community, their, their niche employees or their, their priority customers, their, their ambassadors, if you will, and then the people that they wouldn't have reached otherwise, the new lifeblood for the business. You know, business is about longevity. If we can create longevity, that's a win. 
And in order to do that, people have to know you exist and they've got to know that you're going to consistently exist in the future because if they don't have faith, you're going to stick around. Well, they might not be willing to share your message, your company, your brand to their friends, right? And so having that consistency is awesome. I just, I love that. And I'm glad you shared your story because one of the questions we always get is, are you for real, right? Are you for real? Is, is your story real? Is this something you're just putting out there? And then for us, this is great for a, for a takeaway. We're going to put content out there. We have to approach it with the same kind of responsibility, letting people know that we are real. We are, we are actual business owners, actual people who see different things and different perspectives, different lights, and we can help solve each other's problems. You know, one of the things you said on there, and I'm going to let you talk here in a second, but one of the things you said was the ability to create things through a co-creative strategy, right? You take the session, you work together, and you combine your efforts in that hour and you create something that's beautiful. Well, there's no, there's no different than utilizing somebody like a CPA. Do you want to go and read 70,000 pages of tax code? I don't think so. But if you tell them what your, what your dreams are, what your mission is, what your goals are, you guys can create a strategy together. The same thing with wealth or, or risk management, whatever it is, people that are involved in branding and social, if, if you are utilizing a team that has a perspective and an understanding and you share that, well, the amazing ideas and the creativity that comes out of that, I just, I think that that's amazing what you do, Matthew. And I think that that's a lot of fun. Um, what about watering down? Let, let's talk about that. I mean, you, you shared that you have this passion for creating consistent content. Is there too much content? Is there a, a thing we should shy away from that might be watering down our social media channels? I mean, should we only focus on LinkedIn? Should we use other platforms? Yeah, sure. It's a great question. I think at the end of the day, depending where you are in your business journey, you know, focus is important. So generally speaking, after having three businesses and, and exiting two of them so far, if you are new to business, you probably just want to focus on one product, one service <laughs> with one channel, right? I, wherever your ideal audience is. So begin with that and master that before adding new. Uh, generally speaking, it's like, you know, you only have so many points in a day that you can do stuff on. Obviously, we all have the same minutes in each day. But if you have 20% of your efforts on one channel and 20% somewhere else and 20% somewhere else, you can do this on five different channels, you're never going to really crack the channel or crack the service. And, and I think most of people know this, it's important just to have that focus of pick one channel, one product, to, to grow it. Once you've mastered the one, that, that's an opportunity then to diversify and add another one. But until you've mastered one fully and put 100 points into that one channel, don't pass the go, don't collect your $200 and, and do any more. Now, I think that the trick is, though, at the same time is, you know, I heard early, you hit a couple notes on like imposter syndrome or the fear that do this. This is another reason why getting together and co-creating it privately is important and getting your snackable content down, game down first before you get into your long form content game. Because, you know, this is what Jim Quick says. I don't know if you're anyone who's familiar with Jim Quick, um, but he's, he's a really awesome person to follow on social media. But he talks about all the time, you know, what we practice in private is what we get rewarded publicly for. And so, you know, uh, getting privately to do something and starting to learn your communication, your sound bites, and how to communicate your message, your vision, and, and your value prop on how you help is really, really important. And it takes a few cycles to get through that. But once you get it down and you have... The, the power of editing, you, you look and sound really awesome at the end of the day. And as long as you follow a couple of very simple frameworks when creating content, 
you really can build your confidence behind it. And, and once you have confidence, you start to have fun with it. And once you're confident having fun with it, then everybody wants to come along and follow you and follow the journey and, and be a part of that. And so I think the first step is really just finding someone to be accountable with so that you show up and then doing it privately in a short form uh, format first so that you can practice your communication and, and get it down and start getting, and then once you get the reinforcement of putting it up publicly, you start getting that positive feedback loop and that positive feedback loop forces you to get better and encourages you to do more. We start feeling confident and things really start spiraling in the right direction. Right. And it's a lot like, you know, it's like anything in life, anything worthwhile doing takes a while. It's like compound interest, right? And, and if you look at a graph on compound interest, it's all in the long tail. It's like nothing, 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 nothing. And all of a sudden it really, really starts to grow. So you have to be in it for the, the long play. And if you do, it really pays off. I mean, this is just a this is a law. It's called the law of compound interest. You know, those that understand it, earn it. And those that don't pay it. Right. And so the challenge people make is they're doing that snowball effect. They want the snowball effect to happen, but they forget that you have to push it up the hill. And a lot of times people get just to the top of the hill, the very top, and then they give up and that's the wrong time to give up. It's just, then it gets momentum and starts to go down and it collects itself into this giant snowball. So, you know, a couple of mindset things you have to have in mind is exactly what I just said. Find something that holds you accountable, <laughs> do it privately, edit it so that you get a positive feedback loop, build your confidence up and time. And if you just do those things, if you expand your time horizon, you're going to find that you're going to find your rhythm and your voice and, and where you need to be. Now, there's a lot of cheats that you can do, and we'll probably unpack that in a little bit. Uh, but those are key things that you have to have the right mindset for before even attempting to do this type of work. I like, I like the fact that you've alluded that, that you've got cheats for us, Matthew. I'm excited to hear about these cheats. You know, one of the things that uh, I think is the hardest decision to make in business is to get started. And it's every day. It's starting your business. That's hard. Learning the business. That's hard. Learning services and, and finance and learning everything else. It's very, very difficult and overwhelming. And social, being present on it and being professional is no different. So I appreciate you for sharing with us how people can really just take that snackable approach and really start on one thing, one channel, build that confirmation or that confidence, and then find that accountability partner. I think that that speaks very highly um, because if you have that, those private sessions, and that's something that, that I utilize with my coaches is if we have that private session, you can ask questions that are uh, not necessarily open to the public, right? And, and you don't have to fear about being ignorant. And you know what? Everybody started somewhere. Everybody was ignorant at one point. Everybody had to start and learn. You might be a master at this game, Matthew, but I'm sure that at one point you didn't know anything about it and you had to make that start, right? That's what we're talking about. This snackable, easy start and getting started. So talk to us about these cheat codes. Like Talk to us about how we can really get a little bit more confidence in our mission and creating some of our social strategies so that we can be more consistent. Sure. Yeah. So I think what you have to understand is there's sort of three major pillars to creating content and control with that content. So let's start with the three pillars first. So it's short form, long form, controlled form. And so short form is that snackable content that you're going to find in social media, in the news feeds. It doesn't matter what platform you're on, and it can be either paid or it can be organic. 
the long game is always organic because as you build your followers, it becomes cheaper to get your message out. But the, sh the short term, you might need to leverage, you know, paid advertising to do it as well too, but it needs to show up where it doesn't feel like marketing, where it's invisible in the newsfeed and fits in with everything else and that is value. Long form is something like this, a community, uh, a meetup, a podcast, it could be a webinar, a workshop. This is where you get transformation where someone spends a little bit more time with you and your message. And usually if you have them for an hour, you're gonna get their attention. Controlled form is another form of where someone's like raised their hand and opted in to become a follower or maybe they invisibly ended up in your following list through a pixel like retargeting. Um, maybe they've signed up for your newsletter. Um, maybe you have a private community that you run like on Slack or Facebook or Discord. This is a way for you to continue to keep building value and goodwill with those individuals. You need all three to create transformation. And so I think that we need to understand those three pillars first. And the reason why those, you need those three pillars with content is because it adheres to what is known as the seven, 11, and four rule. Maybe you guys can share with me in the comments. Have you ever heard of the seven, 11, and four rule before? Let's see if anybody mentions that. Well, the 7-11-4 rule was actually not created by me. It was created by a gentleman named Daniel Priestley, who wrote a book called Oversubscribed. And I think the book came out in 2014. It's a great book. It's really worth reading. It's one of these evergreen books. Like what you read in that book will apply uh, today. It'll also work in 50 years from now. It probably already worked as well 50 years ago or longer. And that's how you know it's a good book. And so he did some consumer insights to figure out how do people make really big purchasing decisions? Like, I'm going to spend thousands of dollars investing in a coach, or I'm going to invest my money. Some people talk about investing their money here. What about purchasing a car? Or maybe I'm a CEO and I'm thinking about doing a half million dollar investment on software. Well, you don't make those decisions lightly. It requires some time and education and, and trust at the end of the day. I think we all know we only buy from people that we know like and trust and we they can't trust you if they don't like you and they can't like you if they don't know you and so knowing you is consistency right? liking you is a bit of your personality are you human being that's 4d and trust is the information that you have are you truly an expert of this or can you be my strategic advisor when it comes to this well most people start out in the zone of being a stranger what do we know about strangers? Stranger means danger. And what you're trying to do is become strategic advisor, go to the other side of the trustometer. And all we're trying to do is speed that up. And so once you recognize that what we're, the problem we're actually trying to solve is the 7, 11, and 4 rule, which stands for this. He did, Daniel Priestley discovered that it requires seven hours of exposure to you and your brand, 11 interactions in four different locations. And so that's what we're trying to solve. And so when you understand there's short form, long form, controlled form, those content pillars are the ones that support you on, on solving the puzzle of the 7, 11, and 4 rule. And so that's what we're really trying to master to build demand. And the reason why you want to build demand for what you are before people come to you is because it's preemptive. And, and you have to understand that most of the people who can buy from you are not ready to buy from you today. So maybe I'll give you an example of this. Okay. So let's just say you sold web design, okay, uh, services, and your ideal client profile is a coach and a consultant. Well, if we took a thousand of those people and we put them in a room and we said, hey, who here is looking for web design services in the next 90 days? Well, one to 3% of the people are going to raise their hand. Okay, and say, I am interested in that. They're actually looking for it right now. 
And the challenge with most marketing is they're only ever focused on that one to 3%, which is very limited thinking at the end of the day. It's also very hard to find who they are. It's like trying to find a needle in a haystack. But if you change the question to this, who here, okay, you know, between now and the end of their career as a coaching consultant is going to need some sort of rebranding or website design services. Well, the whole room is going to raise their hand. So they can all buy from you. You just don't know when. So what your job is to do with content is to get them into your content marketing funnels so that, so that when they are ready to buy, you already own the relationship at a one-to-many level versus a one-to-one level. And so that's, and so that's essentially what we're trying to do. And all we're trying to do is speed up at a one-to-many level with some leverage to be able to service those laws, which is I need seven hours, 11 interactions in four different locations to build that trust. So that can go from stranger to strategic advisor. And if you're a strategic advisor who already owns the relationship before there's a need, you are preemptive. You now have removed yourself from what's the concept of the red ocean and the blue ocean. Has everybody heard of the red ocean, blue ocean concept before? There's a book written on it called the blue ocean. And basically most businesses are in the red ocean, which is competing with everybody else. Well, how do you stop competing with everybody else? Well, you got to be preemptive to that where you own the relationship. So they don't even go and see who your competitors are. They just go straight to you because you're the strategic advisor. And so that's what you're doing with your content is to serve other people and to build value and goodwill and avail or to bank trust equity. That's really what we're trying to do. And to be able to do that, you have to understand there's three pillars. So now that we understand the three pillars, what we can do is we can start unpacking each pillar, what's involved. We'll probably start with like the snackable content. Like what, what is good snackable content? How do you create this, you know, in the format for that? But maybe I'll just pause right there and see if there's any questions about that structure and that strategy and that way of looking at things. Yeah, I definitely think we should open it up after all of that. I mean, that was an amazing amount of information and discovery. Just the way that you laid it out was very easy and engaging and palatable. Um, and honestly, I, I like the way that you've taken this three pillar approach to creating that trust equity. You know, that's something that we we utilize a lot in community is we've got trust and we've got connections, but how did we get there? Um, and, and we're in a world of of, of hybrid reactions and connections, right? We're, we're meeting in person or we're meeting via the smartphone or, or we're getting on a community meetup like this, or they just plain out or looking and seeking now or later for your information. You know, one of the things that I really strongly believe in is proximity and relevance. If you're near somebody and they see you, that's going to help drive that, that level of trust. And if not, it's relevant to them. If they're seeking for that information sooner or later, you are going to be more proximate. It drives them closer to you. So I love the way that you've kind of developed that. You know, we like to have conversations in this community. So I'd love to open it up. Like you, like you said, is, is there any questions uh, right now specifically targeted towards these three pillars and helping build that level of trust? I have a quick question for Matthew. You, the 7, 11, and 4 rule. What was the seven hours? That's seven hours, 11 interactions in four different locations. No, seven hours of what? Of consuming you and your brand information content. Basically exposure. Okay, that's yeah. what I and have. So, but... and, this, and this can come in different variations. So, you know, look at it this way is maybe they, 
see an ad. Okay, that's the content ad. So then you pixel them, then they see another one, then they follow you organically. They see three or four more, you know, organic pieces, then they sign up for your workshop. So then there's another hour, then they schedule a discovery call with you, then you drip them a bunch of emails, then you invite them to join your community, they have a bunch of other interactions with you. It takes time to build that relationship. But those are ways that you would do that in those different touch points. Something I read somewhere that there's 28, it requires 28 touch points in most businesses before someone really starts to be familiar with who you are. And I think a lot of times we think people are watching a lot more closely than, than they actually are. And so just note that it requires a lot more effort to, to build that relationship, right? And it could be online or offline too. Obviously offline relationships are going to speed up that process or anything that's a longer form format, like a podcast or a, um, a community interaction back and forth is important. And a lot of times, even the content that you're creating is to actually create conversations is the goal, not to get conversions because the conversions happen in the conversations that happen or in the replies even, or, um, and, and the, the public ones are more powerful than even the, the private ones, because then you can multiply yourself and everybody can see it. So I try to keep everything public as you're having those conversations. But yeah, that's the seven hours. And those are sort of examples of the different interactions and different locations that could be there. I see Patty. someone's raised their hand. Yeah, Patty. And I don't even know where to start to unpack all that. This was so good. I'm literally so glad this was a great lunch for me. <laughs> um, but yes, I like took a page and half of notes already. But here's um, what really stood out for me. This whole B plus content with A plus consistency thing, that is like amazing because as I said in my introduction, I mean, I have like 150 podcasts, which are transcribed. So I have all the transcriptions and not to mention, you know, five years of, of publishing a magazine. With all that, I have recently thought to myself, I should be taking all that content, hand it over to my, my girl who already does all my graphics and say, like, pull all the content from this already and do it. But what I really, so that would kind of cut down on a lot of time for me. And, um, but the thing for me though, is do you or don't you, because you haven't really touched on this yet. What do you think about calls to action like do you really like how much a percentage of that because i've been really tracking lately the responses that i get from calls to action and like for example i'll post things on linkedin and i'll hardly get any people to interact but i'll get three people who will reach out to want to get on a call with me and then it'll convert to clients so you know you can't really quantify likes and comments always so do you feel like that what's the percentage of that time, do you feel like you should be having calls to action in that seven hours of content? Yeah, so I think people are pretty smart today. It's it's 2022. So people are really smart on being able to connect the dots and breadcrumb and find you, you know, at the end of the day. The, qu the question is that people usually want is the, what you're really asking is attribution and how do I track it and know if it's working or not. And so I think that we can look at this in a, a slightly different way because it can be con it can be controlled. So let's get more specific, maybe about like LinkedIn as is. So I don't think you need to have a hard call to action. I think there's different little cheats and hacks that you can do, which is like common if you want this as asset and there's appropriate times if this interests you, go here and tell them where to go. But honestly, most people know what to do. You don't need to be so salesy in, in my professional opinion. I think if you just really added value, 
people will be able to find you or click on your profile and go to your website and connect the dots. You just may not be able to track it as well as you want to. So let's first talk about, you know, let's talk about attribution. And then we'll also talk about the front end of controlling this so that you are making sure that you're speaking to the right people. So attribution is very, very difficult to, to track in any software at the end of the day. The easiest way to do it is just put an empty form field on your website. So when they reach out to you, how did you hear about us? And leave it blank. Don't make it a drop down menu so they can fill in anything they want. After you get a bunch of these, 400, 500, 1,000 of these, you're going to have enough data at that point that you can export that data, put it into Word Cloud, and you're going to see the things that really matter to people or what they remember. Now, usually people only remember the last thing they did. They don't remember all the different touches. But when they get end up in your sales pipeline, ask them three questions. How did you hear about us again? And mark it down with some sort of naming convention that makes sense. Like, is this a referral? Is this LinkedIn? Is this whatever it is? Ask them what was the content that sparked the, the initiation for them to finally reach out so you can find out what content's really hitting home. And then three, you can ask them how long have they known about you and your brand? And this will give you an idea of how long they've been in your ecosystem. And the last question you can ask them is, you know, how long have you had this problem? That gives you an idea of them recognizing how long they've been in the buying journey since they recognized that they had a problem. If you do those things, you'll be able to get a pretty good idea of what's working, not working at a little more of an anecdotal le level, but it, it'll give you a good indicator of what advertising is working and not working. Now, on the front end, how do you control this? And, and is this, is it's all garbage in, garbage out. So something like LinkedIn, generally speaking, it's just your first connections who see your content to begin with. So who you connect with matters. So building a list, like a dream 1000 list of your ideal clients or companies you wanna work with and connecting with the right individuals who are decision makers in that company is a good beginning place to be. If they're accepting your connection request, that's a good sign that you're in the right direction. Now they have the opportunity to see your content. Now, if organically it's too slow for you, you can take that same list on LinkedIn, the most, most paid or social media platforms and upload that list and get what's called a matched audience. And so then you can guarantee that your content's going to show up to, to them. Because really what you're trying to do is get them to consume the content. Now, what I've discovered, particularly in B2B, is most people who buy from you will never comment. They will never like it. And so you would never know that as a signal. Usually all the people who don't buy are the ones who like and comment, which is okay. It helps you get your message reached more because obviously a little bit more engagement will feed the algorithms to share your content. But generally speaking, they're secretly creeping in. So a better indicator of success is to look at impressions. And then like if you're on LinkedIn, you can go to your profile and look at impressions and the type of title that people are engaging with and does it look like the right title, right? At the end of the day, if it's uploaded as a list, you already know the right people are seeing it. So you, if you ran a video ad, a video content, you can literally see whether they watch the whole video or not. If they're watching the whole video, that's a really good sign that they're engaging in the content and you just multiplied yourself to be helpful and do almost like a mini sales presentation to them, right? And so it's really about getting the content consumed and the impressions that are there and you're removing friction. So you have to remember that on all social media networks, no, you know, LinkedIn is an example. We'll just take this one as a matter of Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. They don't want you to leave the platform. Users don't want to leave the platform. And by you creating CTAs, all you're doing is creating friction to consumption of you by getting them to leave the platform. Instead, you want to keep them on the platform. So if you're going to make CTAs, do it to something that's already in the ecosystem that's there. Get them to start binge watching, like Netflix, the stuff on LinkedIn, instead of necessarily making the goal of trying to get them back to your website. 
So I know that you want an invite to your website to be able to track it, or you think that's where the magic is going to happen, but it really doesn't. And I can guarantee you this is if you just go and look at your analytics tool, I just dare you to look at this, look at how long on average people stay on your website. It's probably a minute or less. They're not consuming your content there. So keep them on there. So you have to remember the intention of the network that you're on too. This is why snackable content is so important is when someone shows up in social media, they're there to consume snackable content, not long form content. Sometimes you suck them in. I agree that we are addicted to snackable content and secretly crave long form content. It's already proven that people love long form content and transformation doesn't happen until they consume your long form content. But when it's snackable, if we know that's a snackable, you must create snackable content. It must be short, easy to scroll through, right? Easy to consume. If you're in LinkedIn and you see a video that's like 10 minutes long versus one that's 30 seconds long, kind of has a clickbaity headline, gets your attention. You're going to make a call at the end of the day of like, am I going to spend 10 minutes doing this or am I going to spend 30 seconds doing it? You're more likely to watch the 30 second one to begin with. And then just remember that it, there's a process to this. The 30 second video leads to the one minute, the one minute to the two, the two to the five, the five to the 10, 10 to the 30. Next thing you know, they're binge listening to your podcast, right? But there's a journey that you need to take them through to be able to do that with as little friction as possible. And yet to adhere to the, the agenda of the algorithms and the platform and adhere to the agenda that people have at the time, because when they're on social media, they're there, you know, to procrastinate most of the time, or they're in discovery mode, which is just like the new modern day magazine, right? You usually just kind of flip through things and it's very addictive. If you've ever been on TikTok, you can see that you meant to spend two minutes there and all of a sudden, you know, two hours has gone by, or at least that is for my kids, for sure. It's, it happens all the time. But just remember, if you can adhere to those things and fit it in there, you're already on the right track. Now, when you're creating content to get impact, it starts even earlier than that. So it's the work and homework you put in beforehand. So like, even when we work with a client, what's really, really important is that you put some thought and energy into who you're speaking to. So it's really important to understand the avatar so you can use what's called dog whistle copy. Does everybody know what dog whistle copy is? No? Okay, so when, when we blow a dog whistle, who hears it? Just the dogs, right? So, and we were talking about dogs earlier. So I know you guys are all, you know, have your fur babies and love animals. Well, we want to do the same thing with our content. So just remember marketing, part of marketing is again, 50% attracting and 50% repelling. It can't be all things, everything. So you need to call it out. So if you had a headline, if you were running an ad and let's just say you were targeting COOs or CEOs, well, you'd probably have a headline, something like this, three things you know, COOs wish they could tell their CEOs. And then you just run it to the audience, that ad's going to do really well, right? Or it's a video content ad, right? It's called, because that's dog whistle copy. And it's like, oh, you're speaking to me. I think I should pay attention. Oh, it's 30 seconds. Okay. Or it's a minute. I think I'm going to give it a shot. And if you say something compelling, ooh, now you've got them, right? At least you've even got them invisibly. They may not even know it. You might've just got them on the watch time pixel on the ad. You know, so now they're in what's called an invisible marketing funnel. They don't even know that they're in one just by the action of watching it. You've got them, you've, you've hooked them, you've, you've baited them at this point to start that journey of no like, and no like, and trust. Right. And so, so you need to have the dog whistle copy down. So one, you just have to have your avatars down, but more importantly, you have to go one step deeper. Okay. The step deeper is you need to be able to describe their problems better than they can describe it themselves. Because if you do that, you instantly get trust. And so how you do that 
is you need to go through what's called an empathy mapper. Has anybody ever done an empathy mapper exercise before? Okay. So empathy mapper exercises this. Think of a quadrant and you have four squares. Okay. And so you're going to have on one square, you're going to have what are their frustrations? And on the other, you're going to have what are their wants? Underneath, you're going to have what is their fears? And then what is their aspirations? And it's really important that you understand this because if you can create tension with your messaging, then you're going to get action. And so what I mean, tension, if you can picture me pulling back an elastic band, can you picture me doing that? Well, just imagine wants and aspirations being on one side of that elastic band and fears and frustrations being on the other. You must talk about both things really clearly. You might almost clearer than they ever could do it because clarity matters, okay? When you do that, you've created tension. And when we have tension and we let it go, what happens? Ping, it goes flying through air. You get action. That's how you get people and compel people to do things. But if you only talk about the wants and aspirations, then you have a loose last band. If you only talk about the fears and frustrations, you have a loose last band because we move from pain towards pleasure. So you must understand my pain deeply and you must understand where it is I want to go really clearly. And if you can articulate that better than they can, then you're going to be able to create really compelling stackable content. So if I have like, you know, this headline again, like example, you know, three things CEOs wish they could tell their CEOs. Well, I'm going to be able to describe what is the fears and frustrations of the CEO really clearly, right? And what they really want at the end of the day from their CEO. And both parties are going to be able to connect with that where it hits them in the heart, the gut, and the funny bone. And when you've done that and create attention, man, you're going to get action. And so you have to do this homework in advance. And by doing that homework in advance, now we can create a structure for creating snackable content. And we can use formulas to do this where we create brilliant, great snackable content every single time. Even if you can't spit it out that way in a private session, guess what? Editing's your friend. We just cut out the little sections that don't sound good and smush it together into something interesting and fun. And we release it to the world. And we can get that quick feedback loop if this is connecting and hitting them in the right spot, which again, is we always want to hit them in the heart, the gut, and the funny bone and be able to describe those problems better than anybody else. Now we can use other tactics as well too. Usually the other thing that people make mistake with their snackable content is they're trying to unpack too many ideas in that little session. So you just want to unpack one, one avatar, one person you're speaking to and unpack one idea on how it solves that problem. You don't need to do all of them just because a confused mind never buys, but you need to only unpack one particular thing that solves that particular pain point. And you want to make sure it's a big idea. And what I mean by big idea is you use simple formulas like, hey, here's a frequently asked question people have. However, here's the SAQ, the should ask question, or hey, here's the old way of doing something. Here is the new way of doing something. So for example, people might come to me and they might say, Hey, you know, I need, you know, they will often say, I need more leads. I really need to drive more sales, more revenue. That's really what I want. And I'd be like, ah, interesting. That's really the symptom we're treating. There's something else going on that's much deeper. Sounds like what you really need is more community and more trust, because if you had more community, more trust, the byproduct is you would have leads and sales. And in fact, you could suck at sales and probably still close deals. Oh yeah. So maybe we ask about how we can, how do we start addressing that question, right? So you, you want to play with these symptoms of like, what is the symptom? What is the root cause? What is the FAQ versus the should ask question? What is the old way versus the new way? What is bad versus good look like? And when you frame it like that with a big idea in the middle of being able to really describe where they are and the frustrations they're, they're having, the fears they're having to the aspirations and the wants they have, 
you've created that tension and you're going to be able to fast track people and fast track the, the trust building or fast track the process of baiting them to go down the rabbit hole of figuring out who you are or to start binge watching you like Netflix. Wow. Wow. Um, <laughs> I just, everything that you have just shared right now was, I, I've been taking copious notes. I think everybody else on this call has been. And honestly, I can just see people's minds already running with ideas um, as you're talking, which is, is, is exciting, right? It's exciting. That means we've done our job in really helping people understand the process and getting out there and creating content that's consistent, it's confident, it's, it's relevant. Um, and I, I love what you shared in answering these questions too, Matthew. Thank you for, for going into detail and just being very specific on actions that we can take, right? Um, and I, I appreciate you for that. One of the things that we like to do is, is as a community of small business owners, we want to be able to get out and enjoy the world, right? We want to be able to enjoy the world that we're helping to improve. Um, so that means we've got to win back our time. So we're at the top of our hour. I would love if there was like a final message, like the secret sauce. How do we take this one hour and create this month worth of content as the secret sauce so we can get out of our own way and get back to enjoying the world? Yeah. So how we help people do it is, is exactly a little bit of the process we do is we always start with a few workshops to get to IP out of your head and on paper, and then structured into these formulas and models and frameworks. And then what ends up happening is we meet with our clients once per month to co-create the content session. And then we use editing to slice and dice it into snackable content that makes it you know, awesome. And then that video snackable content is the lead domino to creating the images the polls, the PDF carousels, the text content, and then we and then we we syndicate it for them at the end of the day. So basically, all they need to do is show up to co-create it, and then thirty minutes to approve it or provide feedback, and then we take care of all the tedious stuff that they really don't need to be doing. So that's the service that we do as a whole. But there's a structure to it to making sure that it's successful. The same structure applies the same way to long form. So we do the same thing, but it's just now long form. So like a workshop or a webinar. And then the controlled form is the same thing. It applies the same thing. The only difference is we're multiplying this through paid ads instead or leveraging it through taking the snackable content. Because a lot of times snackable content is not just for social media. If you create it right, it's a lead domino to everything else. It actually becomes employee training sales enablement materials, it becomes your newsletter, it becomes your email trip series, it becomes all kinds of other things that you can repurpose it and recycle it and redistribute it everywhere else. So, you know, often we're so busy creating so much new stuff when we really don't need to, <laughs> we need to be recycling and redistributing it further with what we're already creating. And so outside of that, most people don't need to do anything more than just those things to kickstart their business into at least the startup stage. So there's usually like four stages or five stages to business. It's like your first year is figuring out product market fit. The next year is really start start up on delivering that stuff. And you're probably still in delivery and that's your startup stage. And then you work your way at a delivery into stay up stage where you're probably focused on just marketing sales and talent acquisition. Then you focus in, then you scale into what's called scale up stage. And then from scale up stage, you then move into real big business problems. That's usually when you're out of all the main roles in the company and you're just sort of leading as a strategic advisor in the company or as a leader in the company, right? But each one takes about a year of the do. And... Um, this simple process will help you get there on each stage. And the only difference is once you'd mastered on one channel, all you do is rinse and repeat. You know, sometimes it seems boring, but you know, the best companies in the world always never forget the basics and the boring stuff to do because that's the stuff that really matters. And then you just do it on another channel and you just do it to another and another and another. And it's the same process over and over again.
I love that. I think what you provided today is not just a, a basis of understanding, but creativity, right? Everything that we do in business is meant to be curious and fun. We're supposed to be able to enjoy why we're in business and enjoy being yeah. in business together. So you've given us a lot of great conversation, a lot of information on how to get started and really dial it down. And then ultimately make the decision to, to slice and dice and syndicate it and, and take the pressure off of yourself. I think that that's one of the, the greatest things that you can do as a business owner is stop wearing all the hats, start getting back to living life and build the business that you've got in the business to build, right? And you're, you're yeah. not in business to be a bookkeeper. You're not in business to be uh, a wealth manager. You're not, unless you are, of course, right? But you're not in business to be the social media person, right? You, you've got to start somewhere. And we've learned a lot today, but at the end of the day, community drives everything and and you've provided us so much clarity thank you for this conversation matthew i want to open it up for any last minute comments questions or kudos before we uh before we close it out wow i just want to say thank you so much matthew like so much um wisdom and tips that you provided really really appreciate you being here with us today it's been fun thanks for having me guys I do too, and I do have a really quick question because I'm working with the Instagram platform and I was listening to your fears, frustrations, wants, aspirations. Does it all need to be in one in every snack? Like if I did a, a carousel that had, you know, the fears and frustrations and then the next carousel a couple of days later that had the, uh, yeah. the, the wants and aspirations. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, you, just, you, you, you just unpack one at a time, right? So. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Snack, Take well, one fear, yeah. So, so if you mark off like if you mark marked off like you know ten different frustrations they have, yeah, one piece of okay. content would just be focused on the one frustration plus where they want okay. to go, right? Plus where they want or, to go, or one fear and then one aspiration. So the opposite. Okay. These, these are the opposite of the two sides of the spectrum. To create the tension it, you're talking to about. To create yeah. the tension or show them how yeah. to create, or you just teach them how to create a bridge to go from A to B, right? Yeah. And so, um, but just do one at a time. You can't unpack all of them because like we mentioned before, a confused mind never buys. Yeah. And, and abide, abide the social agenda, right? Keep them on the platform, keep them engaged. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Good, great question. Great. Thank you so much to everybody that joined us yeah. today. Matthew, where can we send people to take action and follow you? Where's the very, very best place where they can set up, follow you and, and start down that journey? Yeah, there's only two places that I'm active. So there's automationwolf.com. It's just a one page website. You can only do, you know, one of two things, watch the video or reach out to me on purpose. Keep it simple, simple scales, fancy fails. Right. And then LinkedIn, of course, that's the only other platform that I'm active on. And if you just search my name, Matthew Hunt with two T's, um, you will find me. Beautiful. Well, again, thank you so much. This has been a great conversation. And uh, for everybody that's on right now or listening, join us next week for the check-in. We want to hear what's going on with you. What are these fears, these aspirations, the successes? Um, and again, you guys have a great weekend. Thank you so much.